Cascadia and the edge of the world, Euphomet presents Night Drift with Jim Perry. From the hinterlands concealed by fog, broadcasting live from 1150 AM KKNW in Seattle and streaming worldwide at nightdrift.com, thank you for listening. This is an interview series about the unknown and our relationship to it. It's presented by the audio documentary Euphemet, a podcast available wherever you listen to them. It's here that we commune and wander through big wonder with guests who are thinkers, explorers, experiencers of the phenomenon that is on the edge of it all. This is Night Drift, and I'm Jim Perry. Tonight, guest Todd Wilcox, known as the Slipstream Shaman, will take us on a journey into the quantum field as he discusses how we can learn to use our natural abilities in quantum healing. He will also discuss his experiences and research into the paranormal. That's tonight. And like many, you can join the conversation through email, even after the fact. Reach through time, jim at euphemet.com, and use hashtag nightdrift on Twitter. You can also now send me a voice message. Go to sayhi.chat, euphemet, or find the link in the show notes. I'm Jim Perry. This is Night Drift. Guest Todd Wilcox tonight, right after this. Follow Night Drift with Jim Perry on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to receive new episodes of Night Drift automatically and gain access to all of our past episodes. Jim Perry on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, KKNW, Seattle. Now, here again is Jim. 
A bewildering video out of Britain shows what appears to be a perfectly cube-shaped cloud hovering in the sky. Meanwhile, the marine layer has moved in, but the heat's still here, making for a sort of very sticky studio experience right now in the wilds of the coast. However, no Borgs reported. <laughs> this is Night Drift. I'm Jim Perry. Todd Wilcox has had a, a lifelong fascination with alternative healing, consciousness expansion, and human potential. His first book, Slipstream Shaman, using quantum healing for individuals, communities, the planet, and beyond, was recently published, and the next two books in the series will be out soon. Todd also loves talking about the paranormal and hosts a radio program of his own called My Side of the Uni Universe. Todd, welcome so much to Night Drift. Thank you, Jim. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me on. Well, we're very excited, and I love talking about shamanism, and uh, I, I can't wait to pr pick your brain on your particular strain. Now, um, I think, first of all, what is your side of the universe like, Todd? <laughs> well, thank you for asking. <laughs> so uh, if we're talking about the, the radio show, it's, it's a similar one to what you do. Uh, get to have great guests on talking about everything that I'm interested in, which is anything paranormal, anything about consciousness expansion, uh, alternative healing, those kind of things. Um, sure. And then if, if we're talking about my side of the universe where I'm at, it's, it's a very hot, hot day here. <laughs> I'm, in, uh, <laughs> I'm in the American Southwest and really enjoying life. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, uh, it's, you know, take in that heat while you can. It's going to be a cold yeah. one. All right, so we're, we're going to jump pretty deep in, uh, and so I, I thank you in advance for allowing me to just get right in there. Um, I sure. think, first of all, to, to set some groundwork, when you say slipstream shaman, what, what does that mean to you? Yeah, absolutely. So with shaman, when I like to boil things down to their essence. And, and when I think of shamanism, at the, at the end of the day, when you get to the, to the bottom of everything, it's really about an interaction with spirit and energy. That's what shamanism is all about. And that's what takes place in, in the processes that I do. And then the slipstream part of it is since we are so much in the energy realm when we're doing this work, it makes sense to look at some of the quantum effects. And the biggest one to me is the slipstream. So when, when people are driving, there's probably people driving right now, and a semi-truck goes by you, you feel yourself get moved to the side a little bit from that. That's part of the slipstream. Sure. Then if you pull in behind the semi, you'll notice that you're going the same speed you were, maybe even faster, but your RPMs are lower because the yeah. slipstream is pulling you along with that truck. And so that's what happens here. When you, when you work on healing, when you make changes in this quantum realm using energy and spirit, you'll find that there's this slipstream that flies into your future with these, with these changes and also one that goes behind you to correct things from the past. And so that's where the slipstream part of it comes in is just that interaction that you have with the energy while you're doing the work. Fascinating. I, I love that analogy. I think it makes so much sense. Uh, listen, I think a lot of my listeners are probably, uh, uh, they're aware of shamanism, the different forms of shamanism that are out there. One of my one of my dearest friends is on this program often. He's a non-dual shamanic healer. Um, listen, I think it would be interesting to break down those two parts of uh, th this category or your perspective on this or, or what you practice, which is the quantum nature of, of this and then the shamanic nature. Can you describe a little bit about how uh, the quantum aspect uh, is included within this uh, form of shamanism that you practice? Yes, absolutely. So when you're, when you're in this, when you're in the, um, the process, in the mode, in the, in the moment, you're technically out of body. You have um, your, your body still sitting in the chair you're in or, or laying down, however you like to do this work. And, but your, your consciousness is not there anymore. It's, it's in another place. And that's, that's where all this truly magic takes place. Because when you get into that, that realm, that realm that is pure spirit, pure energy, and you can interact with the two, there's almost nothing you can't do. Mm. You're, 
you're almost superhuman. The, the things you can work on are not normal things. Um, they, when you're working in this, this field, you, um, you affect things now, you affect things in the past, you affect things in the future, and, and you're doing it all at once. There's even a, an aspect that's called retrocausality where we can help people in the past with this mm-hmm. work. And as, as strange as it may sound, many times when I'm working with people, they will ask me to, to do a healing on them. And say it's Tuesday when they ask me to do the healing, but I'm not able to do the healing until Wednesday. They already started feeling the healing, feeling the change, feeling the the, the temperature change, the, the things change with them on the day they asked me to do it. Yeah. So somehow, yeah. as as this work's being done, and I'm going to say we a lot, and that's because when I'm doing this work, I've got my guides, and then I have helpers that mm-hmm. help me mm-hmm. with the healing of people, and then we can get into details on that as this goes. Uh, but the everything that's taking place is in a, in a metaphysical place in a quantum realm. So it's, as I, as I describe what's happening, these aren't things that are taking place like in a front room or an office. These are taking place in a, in an area of spirit and energy. So you, you don't, you don't necessarily see a manifestation, the physical manifestation of what we're doing, but you do see the results physically, emotionally, mentally, um, and throughout time. And just another thing on time, I hope I'm not getting too convoluted here, but no, it's great. Everything, everything's kind of happening at once when you're in that quantum realm. So there's no, there's no really future past or present. It's all, it's all just happening and intertwined. When I write down my experiences, I use whatever word makes sense uh, to my brain for that event. And so I might, I might have a sentence that talks about the same thing, but it's talking about future, present, and past in, in different tense through that. It makes my editor crazy um, <laughs> because she wants things to sound like it, they were written by somebody that understands English. And, and so Why? she's constantly fixing these things. Now these words make sense to me because when I did the work, that that should have been a past tense, but you know something along in the same sentence could be future. So it gets very confusing that way. And and even after she makes the corrections, I feel awkward about it. Yeah. But that's just because I've got a physical brain trying to interpret what happened in a metaphysical place. Oh, fascinating. And so I I guess it probably uh, you probably rely on trying to use your sort of physical brain just to add like some sort of context to, to um, this lens of, of engagement or, or, or a lens in, in order to better view what your engagement is, rather. And, and you mentioned you have a term called the quantum room. Is this how you sort of add context to what this space is for you where you do your work? Yes, and, and um, yeah, and again, that's just my, like you said, my brain trying to make sense of all this. And my quantum room is is just a, a place of mist. It's a, it's a gray, swirling, misty place. And when I'm working with people, they will come to me through the mist. The, the animals, the helpers that, that help me with it come out of the mist to help. And sometimes there'll be a window that opens up in that mist and I can see other, other places. Uh, sometimes not. Sometimes you're just in there. Now, as, as people are learning about Slipstream Shaman, they create their own quantum room and it can be anything. Um, one of one of the first people that I was teaching this to her quantum room is a, is a pool, a beautiful pond. Uh, she walks down some steps to it. Sometimes she walks in it. Sometimes she floats in it. Uh, but she's in this beautiful pond area. Another person mm-hmm. that's in there in a car that they love. Another person floats in space. Another person um, has one in a in a forest. It can be anything, and it's going to be whatever basically you want. <clears throat> Excuse me. It might it might be something that you think and create. It may be something that just happens. Like my quantum room just happened. 
okay. as I was working with energy, it, it uh, just appeared for me and I was in it. And that was when the, the magic really started happening is once I had that place where I could really focus uh, and meditate, that was when the changes happened. Meditation mm. before I had that room consisted of sitting in a chair, trying to clear my mind and falling asleep. Sure. So, yeah, um, I know, I know that one very well. Yeah. <laughs> it was great to actually do it. Um, so w- when was the first time that you experienced your, your quantum room and, and how did that feel? It was, um, I'm going to say it's been about 10 years ago, maybe a little longer, 10, somewhere between 10 and 15 years ago was when I first experienced it. I had um, been in a paranormal group and we, we found a shaman to teach us how to use our energy to protect ourselves when we were doing paranormal investigations and to help other people use theirs. Oh, wow. The problem I ran into, and one of the things I talk about in the book, is everything that you learn is your path. And if, if a teacher is teaching you something that is just not right for you, you don't have to accept it. Um, so as you're reading this book, for people that decide to get it, as they're reading it and going through the process, if there's a part of the process that doesn't ring true to them, look and see what they need to do to, to, to make a change, change the process, make it feel right, make it go right. The lady that was teaching us about our energy, uh, the shaman, she, uh, she was telling me that it was telling us that it was going to be a certain color. Well, mine was light blue. It wasn't the color she was saying. She was also saying it was going to be warm. Well, my energy was cool. And so mm. it, it took me out of the training. And I, I just want everybody to understand that, that um, this, is, this is their training. This is their journey. And if it's, if it's a little bit different than mine, that's okay. And in fact, that's wonderful because the more differences that we have in this, I think the stronger it gets. So, oh, interesting. Um, getting back to your original question, I'm sorry I'm so long-winded on this, but oh, don't um, apologize. Yeah, I found my I found my energy. It was like I said, light blue and cool. I covered myself in it, and I would just try to relax. And this went on for a few months, and then one day that quantum room happened, and I thought, well, this is interesting. What is all this mist? And as I was just kind of exploring and looking around in this mist. A guide that I didn't know was a guide, but had come to me in, in dreams in the past, came into the room and started talking to me. And that was absolutely amazing. Mm. And it was just a conversation. It wasn't, um, it wasn't like Yoda teaching me something or anything like that. It was just a conversation. But I knew, I somehow knew that, this was a place that I could could do just about anything and that I needed to start experimenting. And so the excitement level was through the roof. The, um, the possibilities were, were endless. And I was just so excited to get started and, and experiment and see what I could do once, once I uh, spent some time there. Right. Well, it's got to be like an artist that has just been gifted this incredible studio to, to, to do their works in or, you know, someone that gets access to new equipment for the very first time that expands what their potential is and, and uh, enables them to access more tools. Uh, in, in that regard, you, you know, how how did your process change after that? And can you describe a little bit about what sort of quantum practices there are that you implement? Yeah, absolutely. So when I first started doing this, it was, like I said, to help people that were having very bad paranormal experiences that they just couldn't get by. And talking with the shaman, talking with other people that were teaching us, we kind of went at this very warrior-like mentality. And so the first thing I thought that I needed was some kind of a warrior team to help um, fight off a bad spirit, to fight off a demon, what, whatever we were dealing with. Mm-hmm. And um, so I asked, I just, in that quantum room, in a, in a slight meditative state, I, I asked, who wants to be on my warrior team? And um, through the mist came a small beagle named Desi that I had. She had passed a few years before. She was the most beautiful dog I'd ever seen. Oh. Um, just perfectly formed 
gorgeous coat. Uh, if you look down at her from above, it looked like she had wings. The way she was colored looked like she had wings, like Pegasus kind of thing. Oh, and wow. a beautiful dog. But she was ferocious. She was afraid of nothing. She would protect the yard and her, and her family to the end. Um, snakes and rats better not get near because they didn't have a chance. Large dogs, as big as a husky, um, understood really quick that that was her yard and, and you stayed out of it. Hmm. And so I thought, this is a great thing to have on my warrior team. Plus, she had the best nose that I'd ever been around, which became very important in our process. Next, wow. some other dogs came out, a wonderful uncle of mine. Again, all these, all these things that were coming out to help me on the warrior team were, were dogs and, and animals and, and um, family members who had passed. And for a while, I wasn't sure if it was actually their spirits coming to them, coming to me to help, or if it was um, parts of me that I was making look like them so I could get these things done. What I believe now is that it is their spirit coming to me, their spiritual energy coming to help and that they, they want to be a part of this process. And so the first thing we had was a warrior team. And what we would do is Desi would, we would, we would invite somebody in that needed to be healed, that needed um, help spiritually, you know, with a, with a, a paranormal event, invite them in and have her look for the problem. She would just start sniffing around the people and she would pull things out of them. And we would take these things that she pulled out and being a warrior team, we just incinerated them. We thought, you know, whatever this problem is, you just burn it up, make it go away, um, break it down to the atomic level. It's gone and the people are fine. Oh well, we found, we found out that, you know, nature abhors a vacuum. So we were removing something, but we weren't filling the person with anything. And so I thought, well, the opposite of the warrior is love. Let's have a love team. And again, animals, relatives, in spirit form came to help with that. And then I, I actually came to my senses and realized that most things start with positive intention. And so these things that we were pulling off people at one time, for the most part, had originated as something to help them. Hmm. So um, as an example, a little boy's getting yelled at by his dad. He goes, he goes internal, he kind of squeezes himself down, makes himself small, doesn't say a word, lets the storm go by, and, and that becomes a, a way that he deals with, with these kind of things. Works great with his dad when he's four. It doesn't work as well in school, in grade school. It works even less well in high school. It doesn't work right. at all in college. In fact, it's, it's starting to hurt him, and that's what I'm talking about. Things start with a positive intent. Um, but then later in life, what they were helping you with is no longer an issue and it's actually hurting you. So we want to help these things move on. And so we changed. And when we pull something off of people, we would give it energy to be bright, it, get it all cleaned off, then fill it with love so that it could evolve to what it was supposed to be. And maybe the best way to, to help everybody understand what I'm talking about is if I could give you an example of an experience. Would that be okay? Uh, it would be, but hold on to that. Hold on to that exact story because I want to hear that, but we, we have to go to a break first. And uh, okay. we'll hear that story from you, and I'm also going to ask you a little bit more about what else happens in the quantum realm. Are there paranormal experiences that we encounter that could be quantified as being from that area? I can't wait to hear about that and more. First, a short break here on Night Drift. I'm Jim Perry. We'll be right back after this.
Drifting deeper into the night, Jim Perry is taking your calls at 425-373-5527 or toll-free in Western Washington, 888-298-KKNW-5569. of the Cascades to the rest of the world. Lines are open. Call 425-373-5527 or toll free in Western Washington, 888-298-5569. That's 888-298-KKNW. No one's going to call Ross. They're too busy driving. They're too busy falling down that quantum tunnel. That's us tonight. Me and Todd. I'm Jim Perry, and this is Night Drift. A new UFMF feature drops this Thursday on the feed. In it, a road trip turned spiritual journey. That's this Thursday, a new edition of UFMF. And I hope your drive is going easy tonight. I see you out there. By the way, if you like the music we play on this show, there is a Spotify playlist. Just search for Night Drift feature music, I believe. A listener built out this thing, and they continue to update it. Thank you so much for everything that you guys do to engage. Very shortly, there's also going to be a Patreon live hangout for folks over at patreon.com slash And we're back here with the Slipstream Shaman, Todd Wilcox. We got really deep into a quantum space, and we're about to explore some stories about Todd's personal experiences as well as others that he has helped. And I'm so fascinated that this started in uh, with roots in the paranormal and paranormal investigation and had led to where Todd is today. So, Todd, welcome back to Night Drift, my friend. Thank you so much. And I just... You know, as we start talking about the different experiences, I want people to know that these are from healing sessions that I did with people, and I don't charge for those sessions. Mm. Um, I don't say I'm not going to charge and then ask for a donation, anything like that. I do these free of charge. If if you feel like you could benefit from what I do, you can send me an email. If you go to my website, slipstreamshaman.com, you'll find a link for the email there. And um, oh, very good. And just just send me a note, something very basic. Um, hey, Todd, I need a healing. I can't sleep. Uh, Todd, can you help me with this? My my husband is is very sick. The more details you give me, the less effective I am because I I get my brain involved instead of letting spirit take me. Mm, so just mm-hmm. a very basic basic outline of of what your what your needs are, and and the the session is for free. 
Oh, well, thank you, Todd. That's that's appreciated by those uh, listening now and taking you up on that offer. And I can feel it in the cupness of time, my friend. So thank uh, you. I appreciate that. Um, listen, you were about to tell us a story about uh, a, a boy's experience, yeah? Well, it was actually a lady's experience, but a, a boy did show up. So, um, and and probably because of the way time works in the quantum field, I, I led into it wrong. But what had happened was, I was working with a lady and and found out that she she was struggling that she was sick um she was from a from my other radio show from my radio show and and I asked if it would be okay if I did a healing session on her and she said yes and so we I brought her into the quantum room Desi started sniffing around and and was very interested in, in her back and and she started sniffing around her back started scratching uh on her back by her ribs and then pulled this thing that looked like a rag out of her chest in the area okay. that her heart would be. And oh we gosh. put the rag on the ground, gave it a lot of energy to debride it, to clean it up. And then once it was prepped, we gave it, just filled it up with love. And as we were filling this rag up with love, it transformed into this beautiful young boy. Um, oh my gosh with these beautiful, just glowing eyes, um, curly hair. He looks at her, gives a big smile, and and um, and just goes. He, he goes off to do his thing. And what's happening is, you know, we were talking earlier about how things start off with a positive intent and end up hurting us later. Yeah. And I don't know what this thing was that started out with a positive intent, but we know that there was a positive intent there, and somehow it was affecting her heart the energy in her heart, how her heart was working. And we re- we released that energy to go off and do um, what it what it was meant to do. And it, and it showed itself as this beautiful young boy with a great big smile. And then it, then it was able to go off and be what it was supposed to be. Now, we didn't want anything else to manifest in her heart. So we filled that up with love. We filled her with love in, in the heart area where we took the rag out, healed her back, put protective energy around her, and let her start to heal. When I when I sent her the follow-up email to let her know what had happened with this, that was when she let me know that she had been having heart trouble and she was on some you know pretty serious heart medicine and that, that her heart was going the wrong way. It was not it was not getting better. The doctor was concerned. Jeez. After doing this process, things changed, and, and her heart came around. And this this has been over three years ago now. Um, she's no longer on heart medicine. She's um, you know more and more active all the time. Things are going better um, in relationship to her health. And I'm not saying that that I do better work than a doctor, but what this work does, and what you can learn to do for yourself and others is coexisting with with what medicine does medicine is working on our chemical processes in our body this is working on the energy and spirit processes that interact with our body and we're lining up that energy and and getting it to flow right and Mm -hmm. and correcting problems energy wise that work together with the medicine to, to make you better wow Wow, that's a that's a that's a wild story, Todd. That's really great. Um, and and of course, you know, you mentioned the the animals that help you do this energy work. Um, what other sort of, I guess, I, you know, what other sort of guides are you referencing through these processes? Uh, in addition okay. to your protection team, do you have uh, additional team members now? Yeah, so I I've got three different levels of things that help me. I have my own guides, and there's three of them, and they're they're who I go talk to, and and they assist me with with me and and how I'm doing things, and they help me find my purpose. And that and there's also you know as you're doing this work, you're in a place that you can really focus and and meditate and and, and get clear on what your purpose is. So if you're looking to find your purpose, this is how I found mine, and what mine was wow. was simply to help. Two words to help, and that's that's mm. what we're doing here. But I've got three high-level guides. 
then next to them or below them or however we want to look at it, I have two spirit animal guides. One is an elk. One is a um, Sasquatch, a Bigfoot. And the beautiful thing is I have a bull elk, so I have a male, and then a female Sasquatch that are my my uh, spirit guides. Hmm. And so I have animal and um, male and female in there, and it's they're a very powerful group for me. They, they really help me do things. And then the nuts and bolts of, of the shaman work, the warrior team, <coughs> excuse me, the love team, and also the seven generations that come to help, those, those, that's where the work gets done. And the warrior team consisted of, um, and it's grown as, as we've gone along, from dogs that I've owned, cats that I've owned, some horses that my dad had, a rat that wow. I had in college. Um, and now we even um, recently a, a giraffe has been in, uh, get, getting involved, and that's been a really unique energy that that has helped with things. Um, oh my gosh! And those are the things that that we use to find the the companions or the parasites. And there's there's two different things that we work on. The companion started out with a positive intention, and that's ninety five percent of what we find. It's something good that that is now harming us. So we, we allow them um, to go where they're supposed to be. And, you know, they may start out, we, they might start out as looking like a walnut that we take out of the person. And mm-hmm. then when they get their energy back, now they're a, a plant or a flower or a fish that just swims off. Um, mm-hmm. But there is a change. There's a physical change in that energy so that it's released to go do what it's supposed to do. The love team also consists of some pets that I had a wonderful aunt that was the most loving person in the world and, and a couple other things that come to help. And, and that, that's just concentrated love energy that goes to the people. The final step in, in the slipstream process for healing is seven generational healing. And what happens is after all the work's done and, and we've, um, we've, we've filled the person, you know, we've removed the problem, whether it's a parasite or a companion, we filled them with love. We've got them healed. We've got, them set up with energy to protect themselves. Now the seven generations come to to um, protect them and give them energy and guidance. And so you have seven generations in your future coming to help. Center seven generations from your past. And this isn't just blood relationships. This is spirit groups. This is friends. This is people that you identify with energy wise. You know, sometimes mm. you just run into somebody and you immediately have a friendship with them. It's yeah, sure. those kind of things. That's the seven generations. It's not just blood generations. They surround the person. And I like to look at it from above. And I see I see what looks a little bit like the Mayan calendar. And as I'm looking at it, different symbols start to appear. And what I believe those symbols are is, <clears throat> excuse me, helping the um, helping guide the person so that they have the energy, uh, the energy guidance that they need to, to continue on and to continue to heal. Very, very interesting, very interesting. And, um, it, you know, I find your whole process really incredible, and I find your guides seemingly from, from just talking with other shamanic practitioners very unique you know, uh, you have a lot of shamanic practitioners that call on things like archangels and, you know, it's Archangel St. Michael or it's, um, you know, a Hindu god. And, and for you to be surrounded by, you know, sort of past pets and, and, and relatives is it feels really probably nourishing and comforting to you through this process as well that they have, uh, you know, sort of showed up for you in that way. But, you know, m- maybe maybe for now, let's 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 go full circle, if that's OK with you. You know, sure. so you know, the paranormal and paranormal investigation essentially brought you to where you are now. It, 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 you know, gave you the path essentially to, to have understanding that, Hey, uh, I might need some protection in this or protection for the people that I'm working with. Now that you're here, what do you feel like you've learned about the paranormal? Great question. Um, what I've learned is that there, there are things out there, I would say most most of what I encounter as I'm doing this work is is very good, very positive things. 
but there are things out there that we need to protect ourselves from. And when, when you're learning to do this, you're going to learn how to um, control and channel your energy, and that's going to shield you from things. Many times, um, and I, this is something I always had trouble with, was, was sleeping. <coughs> I couldn't sleep. I couldn't relax. I was afraid something was going to show up. Oh, wow. Um, whether it be, you know, I, I was always afraid, you know, a demon or something was going to come get me as a little kid or, a, mm. or an alien. Um, mm-hmm. and, and as I'm doing this work, I, I remembered some times where um, these entities that I call watching men would be there watching me. Um, some people call it the hat man. Some people call them shadow people. Um, sure. What these are, they're about six feet tall, have a hat or a helmet. You know they have a face, but you can't see it. They're very dark colored. <coughs> the coughing is getting me sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, they're about dark colored, uh, and they have a either a long coat or a cape. It appears. Um, typically, all they do is watch. And these are things that I run into quite often in the quantum field. Oh, and wow. typically, they're only watching. I've known three people that have had uh, bad experiences with them, but for the most part, they seem to be watching. They may even be a part of us. So um, that's one of the things that, you know, as, as far as the paranormal realm is that I've, I've really looked at that in more in depth and, and what are these things, why are they visiting us, and, um, you know, where do they come from. And in the paranormal field, it's not easy to get answers. So, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's, sure. that's kind of where I'm going paranormal-wise, um, ghost-wise, um, and Bigfoot-wise, uh, especially with Bigfoot, having Bigfoot as one of my guides. I don't believe Bigfoot is this um, terrifying monster that's eating people that they try to make it sound like on TV shows and, um, you know, that throws rocks and boulders and and logs at people. I think they're, I think they're very smart and I I think they're able to travel in, in in a dimensional way so that they can go great distances instantaneously. And, um, that they can interact with us in uh, ways, you know, as far as telepathy and, and that kind of thing as well. Do, do you think Bigfoot is, in a, just based off of some of your thoughts, do you think Bigfoot is an example of a, a quantum creature of sorts, one that can both live in a quantum state of consciousness or energy, and in addition to uh, slipping into reality with us in, in sort of flesh and blood state? What do you, what do you think about that? I do. Um, I, I do believe that. And I, I think that they live outside of, I, I think they live in a different plane than we do, but they're able to visit us. Um, we're technically not able to visit them. Possibly when you're doing uh, the shaman work and interacting with spirit and energy, you're doing something similar. I think they're doing it on a much grander level where they can be other places um, instantaneously. When I, when I had my, my Sasquatch spirit guide come to me, um, I could feel the way she was thinking. And I was looking at a mountain range and I just knew that if I wanted to break away from what I was doing, I could travel that range in seconds. And I'm, I'm talking this thing, you could see 30, 40 miles um, down. And then I knew within seconds I could be at the end of it and I could, I could travel wherever I wanted. And I, I just got that feeling from her is, is that was how they moved around. And that, that's why we don't find the bodies. That's why we don't, um, that there just isn't that physical evidence that we're hoping for. Is I think because they're, they're traveling in different dimensions and they're, they're not 100% sealed in our dimension even when they're here. They're here enough to leave footprints and pick things up, but not enough to really leave their mark. Well, yeah. I mean, some would say that maybe that's what we're experiencing with UFOs, too. Would would you qualify them as the same, you believe? I think there's some, I think there's a dimensional aspect to many of them. Maybe not all of them. I do think with many of them that there is a dimensional aspect where they can change planes of existence and, and just flash out. The only time that I've ever seen a UFO... Uh, myself and some paranormal investigators watched it fly across a, a valley, get over our head, 
uh, travel another half mile and then disappeared. The thing was gone. Hmm. And um, so it left somehow, you know, I guess, it, you know, if we use Star Trek terms, it went to warp 10 and, and so we couldn't see it anymore. Um, <laughs> but I, I more think that it, it just changed its dimension, its plane of existence to where we couldn't see it anymore. Right. And it might even yeah. be a, a situation where they were still there, but just enough out of phase that we couldn't see them, but they probably still knew we were there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, uh, like sort of level of awareness is really interesting how that can be sort of mutual in some cases, some people report, right. Um, yeah. let's go back to the quantum realm. Um, I'm thinking about what else could possibly originate from that space. Um, so I'm thinking about things like uh, out-of-body experiences, which which you had mentioned briefly, uh, mm-hmm. remote viewing, psychic abilities, near-death experiences. H- have you found any relationship between um, these sort of uh, practices or events and what you describe as sort of the quantum realm? Yes. I was um, – there's another story in the book. So I won't go into too much detail, but it was very similar to associative remote viewing. And so I would say, yes, what what I'm doing is very, very similar to remote viewing because there are times where things come to me and and tell me their name, tell me something about them. Um, I'm working with a client and and uh, a son or something will come in and and, um, introduce themselves. So. Yeah, there's there is an aspect of remote viewing with this that's very similar to the to the type that's called associative remote viewing. Oh wow! And that can that's... be very rewarding. the The problem that I run into is I want to try so hard to force that, and I I have to remember to just let things come to me, and when I do, I I get very good answers. Um, but there's a there is a there's a wonderful story about that in the book that I encourage people to look at. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Well, people will need to uh, take a look at that book, and and in it, you also encourage the readers towards individuality in their practice. Can you describe a little bit about what that means? Absolutely. Um, and and maybe just to, before I get to that, I want people to know that this is not a book that's going to take you months to study. This is something that you get it in your hands. Two hours from now, you're doing the work. If you if you <laughs> decide to read the entire book, um, if you want to just immediately start doing the work, within 45 minutes of having it, you can start doing the work. The second wow. half of the book is the experiences that I've had. The first half is the process. So, um, getting back to to the um, question, and I've I've. Uh, I've lost my train of <laughs> Oh, that's okay. No, listen, you were describing about how you basically democratize shamanism. So I think that's great with this book. Yeah. Um, the, the, the idea that you encourage readers towards individuality in, in their own yeah. practice. I want them to, to find their way. In uh, that beautiful movie, A River Runs Through It, when the youngest brother starts fishing his own way. He learned from the father, got all those um, skills down. And then he found his own energy and used his own energy to find a different cadence when he fished and was much more successful when he did that. The same thing with with what I teach. I want people to learn the basics and then go where it takes them. Um, And everybody's going to have a different journey. I can't wait to hear more stories about how they're finding things. The beautiful quantum rooms that people tell me about that that they've created while they're doing this work just blows my mind the different things they've thought to do, the way they use energy and send energy to people is so unique, um, things that I would have never thought of. So, yeah, this is this is their own journey, their own trail, trail, and I just encourage them to let it take them wherever they want and just really open up. Don't feel like you have to follow my trail. Find your own. I'll, I'll show you the basics. You go carve your trail and have a great time. Well, that's awesome. I love that energy. Todd, where can people find that book and the rest of your work? If they go to slipstreamshaman.com, there is a link to Amazon or search Amazon for slipstreamshaman.com. I would also encourage them to go to Instagram, slipstreamshaman.com. I'm new to Instagram. 
I would I would really like to have some some people on it with me. So please please go to that. That's where any update will be when we talk about any um, any processes we're doing. We do big group heals called polymedella, meaning many healings. As we do those, those will be um, announced in Instagram. So a great way to keep up with what we're doing is through Instagram, and, and it's just Slipstream Shaman. Well, awesome, Todd. And you're definitely going to get some followers from this, and I appreciate you being on this show so much, my friend. It was wonderful. Thank you, Jim. I, I love your show, and uh, thank you for the opportunity to share. Thanks so much, Todd. Take it easy. And thank you for listening to Night Drift with Jim Perry on Alternative Talk, KKNW, 1150 AM Seattle. Hear the show anytime on its podcast feed, wherever you listen to them. Just go to euphemat.com for more and join us next Sunday. And until then, keep looking up. Jim Perry on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to receive new episodes of Night Drift automatically and gain access to all of our past episodes.